Hi, welcome to another episode of Paul Thon Power, Power System Design's podcast on the latest in power and power design. I'm your host, Alex Paul, and today I've got Nate Kessman. He's with Great Eastern Energy. They're a uh, alternate supplier of uh, natural gas and electricity in New York, New Jersey, and Massachusetts. But I'll let uh, Nate tell us about that. Welcome to the show, Nate. I'm glad to have you. Thanks a lot for having me on today, Alex. Well, um, as our audience knows, I'm always interested in what's going on with the grid, and there are so many things between what's going on with legacy technologies and modernization, with smart grid intelligent technologies, with integrating alternate energy. There's a lot of moving parts out there, aren't there? Absolutely. I mean, smart grid is a pretty broad topic right now. I know the um, Public Service Commission of New York has started uh, – uh, an initiative called Reforming the Energy Vision, and I'm hoping to really with that with that new initiative um, make people more aware of what's going on in the power grids and how to become more efficient. Got it, got it. What are some of the challenges that you're seeing out there in the industry? Well, as a third-party supplier, I mean, for us, it's it's getting information to our clients. And smart grids, since it's still in its infant stages here, if there are utilities company, companies listening to this today, and I hope there are, I hope they understand that without the data, we really can't help people improve their usage. As we're looking for ways to try and make our customers more aware of the energy that they're using and, and push some behavioral changes so that they use less energy, we're realizing that the interval data, the real-time data, just isn't made available to companies like mine to kind of sort through and then reposition to the client. So data is really a challenge right now as far as, for us, as far as smart grid is concerned. That's interesting because there are a a few companies out there who are trying plays in the industry like Enernol and um, I forget the name of some of the others, uh, but... um, There are are quite a few. Spacetime Insight, I think, is another one that pops to my mind, but you probably know quite a few yourself. Um, you know, as far as smart grid technology, I think there are a lot of emerging firms, um, utilities direct out of um, out of uh, the UK. There, are, I mean, there are countless companies who are trying right. to take advantage of this. Just, I didn't. I didn't. You, we didn't need to go into a litany. I just thought there might be one or two that you specifically wanted to mention. But the bottom line is, is that I think it's really still a lot of the blind men and the elephants. Is that everybody's got their own opinion based upon their point of view. So if you're a big data guy that gets their data from grid-based sensors currently in the system, it's a legacy challenge. If you're someone trying to put next-generation sensing and logic in, it's a development challenge. You know, if you're a power generator, it's a choice challenge, right? Yeah, I would, I would say that all of those are true, and, you know, um, especially with all the new technology like, uh, such as solar. You know, just take solar, which I'm not an expert on, but there, there, there's a real push to install a lot of solar here in the outer boroughs of New York. And, you know, I don't know if the, if the grid is ready to handle that in a way to kind of distribute that extra energy out to our grid, which, you know, which, which would improve it. I think you're dealing with a lot of older infrastructure that, that's going to prevent some of that. I agree, I agree. So now, um, from your point, what have you seen or let's turn it from a different perspective. What are the things that you're doing to help your clients address all of this stuff? For us, first and foremost, Alex, it's it's education. 
it's educating our clients on the new technologies that are out there, um, you know, things that they might not have addressed yet to make sure that they're running as efficiently as possible. Uh, a microgrid's not going to work or a smart grid's not going to work if your lighting's not updated, if you're not running at max, you know, optimal efficiency, if you're not running the right kind of uh, thermostats even. It's simple things like that, that that we try to educate our clients on first uh, before we start the talk about smart metering and, you know, even demand response. That's an excellent point. Uh, you could make almost an automotive analogy there, Nate, and say, you know, you could do all you want to the engine, but if you don't have decent tires, nothing's going to, you know, the engine energy's not going to get to the ground or vice versa. You know, you you have to focus on the gestalt. You can't just upgrade any one piece and think, aha, I've upgraded it. Absolutely, and I, I like that analogy. Uh, you know, it kind of carries over. You, you mentioned a, an automobile. Um, an automobile needs fuel to to make power. Um, there's a big push here in New York with um, you know the clean heat laws to get away from these dirtier fossil fuels, such as number two oil to a number four. I'm sorry, number six. You're getting away from a number six oil and moving down to a number four or a number two oil that burns more cleanly, a lot of clients are trying to move even towards natural gas. But what we see is that the grid is constrained. And you made that car analogy, and this is where I'm going, is that you, know, you, can't, even, you can't get the engine started if you can't get the gas to it. So if there's no line to, to bring fuel to, to a new um, natural gas location, if someone's trying to convert from oil to natural gas, there's a lot of infrastructure problems that are preventing that as well. And it's not just, it doesn't just happen to be electric that, that there's lacking infrastructure on the gas side too. So we try and educate clients that, you know, although they want to move to a cleaner fuel, it might not be possible based on what the, the utility currently has in place as far as, you know, delivering that gas to the customer. Got it. Got it. Now, um, do you have any anecdotes of some of the issues you had with helping clients migrate and some of the challenges that you foresee in that space? Um, I mean, there was one that we were trying to move over from, from gas to pa I'm sorry, from oil to gas uh, about a year ago, and we went back and forth with the utility, and they, they started by saying, well, it would, it's going to cost $75,000 to convert these buildings over to natural gas. And then we sent in a letter of complaint, and then three months later it was 35000 and three months after that it was 15000 They wound up not needing the infrastructure. So I guess it's happening as fast as they can make it. If I had one anecdote, um, you know, I think that the, the utilities realize they have to improve this infrastructure, so you're going to see improvements made, and I think that the utility companies on the electric side are pushing for more data to be available to, to, to clients and to companies like ourselves. Got it. Well, you know, it really is interesting because it's such an issue both of a technology and of a regulatory and of almost societal in the acceptance levels of the, of the community and the customers and such as well, I imagine. Uh -huh. okay, so, on the regulatory side for sure. Exactly, exactly. But then again, um, the regulatory creates then the pressures to create the technology to address it. You know, it's like submetering is on the one hand something useful um, just from pure efficiency point of view, but then you, you toss in the aspect of allowing um, either the utility or the municipality to armchair quarterback 
uh, your energy usage, then other issues come to uh, in, come into bear. Quite possible. Quite possible that 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 could happen. I mean, even let's say the Lower Hudson Valley zone in New York, which maybe some people are aware of. Um, there was a regulatory change that wanted to change the zones in New York. Um, I think at the the heart of that issue was just building more generation to serve to serve customers should Indian Point go away. So there is there is kind of a circle of life there with the way the regulatory pushes the the technology and then the technology kind of pushes back towards the the, the client, and it, it's definitely a circle. Got it. Well, and, and um, it is, a, it is a, you could almost say it's a circular thing, the technology pushes society, which pushes the regulations, which, or vice versa. Sure. But as much as I would like to continue talking about it, unfortunately, this is a podcast and we do have a time limit, but what I always like to do is give my uh, guests the opportunity to have the last word on my podcast, uh, probably because I talk too much to begin with, making sure at least that way you get a chance to say everything you needed to say, but it could be a little bit more about Great Eastern Energy. Uh, oh, definitely give us your, your, your website before you uh, finish up, but it could be a tip for the audience, whatever you like, but the floor is yours. I like, I like to keep it simple, Alex. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about um, these challenges. It, 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 it's a great, it's, it's great opportunity for us, and you know, hopefully we, we can speak about it more in the future. If folks have any questions about energy management or specifically risk management when it comes to buying natural gas or electricity, please have a look at our website, www.greateasternenergy.com, and um, we'll be out there to help you. Excellent. Hey, thank you so much, Nate. I really appreciate you taking the time to be on the show. Sure thing, Alex. Thanks for having me. Oh, the pleasure is mine. And I'd like to thank everybody in the audience for taking the time to be with us. We wouldn't be here without you. Tell your friends. This is Alex Paul from Paul on Power. Have a great day. <laughs>